Anything that you want to mention, Julie? No, I bring nothing to the table. Okay, that's all right. That's cool. I'm just here. Uh, yeah, you can just Sorry. comment. I okay. hope that's the intro. <laughs> all right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. The heart of Arlington, the heart of everything, the heart of the universe. Of course, that's Clarendon. Back again for episode 213 of Pace the Nation. Alongside me, a full crew intact across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey. How are you? I'm great. Today's game six. The Nats are still playing. Still playing. Barely. Barely. We're going to talk a little Nats. So okay. I'm glad you brought that up early here. Uh, let's also bring in our other co-host to my left, of course. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Hello, friends. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Are we friends? No. I was talking to the people who are listening, <laughs> oh. consuming the podcast. Oh, man. Well, not uh, the people in the room. We uh, we do have a big show uh, to get to. Uh, exciting big show to get to. Um, we're going to talk some Nats. Mm-hmm. Man, it looks so good until it didn't. But by the time this comes out, the World Series will be over, yeah, whether whether it has the <laughs> results true. you're looking that's for true. or results you're yeah, not yeah, looking that's, for. That's There's true. still hope right now. So There's still hope. We're still it's hopeful. Game six is today. We are... Mm-hmm. Uh, Today we are broadcasting on Tuesday, October 29th. Right. Uh, game six will have happened. Hopefully, a game seven will have happened. Halloween will have happened. Yeah, um, let's talk Halloween. Yeah. So. You guys doing another honor trust bowl? What's that? What? Where you guys like just put candy in a bowl out in front of your house and then let one kid take all of it? Let oh, me know. Yeah. Let me know if you guys are doing that again and tell me what time you're putting <laughs> the bowl out. <laughs> I yeah. did stop at the Party City this afternoon and pick up a couple of bags of candy. And I did think to myself, how is this going to go down this year? So the answer is yes, because she's going to be at a uh, cross-country meet, mm-hmm. uh, Big Easter this weekend. So the answer is yes. So I will be walking the kids around in the rain um, in their costumes, and there'll be a bowl of candy out. You know, I did something different this year. Uh, I started eating my Halloween candy before Halloween. <laughs> I'm almost done. Yeah. Usually I gain that Halloween weight after Halloween yeah. when I eat three bags of candy because nobody's uh, willing to come to my house. <laughs> Your neighborhood's changing, though. I bet you'll get some uh, trick-or-treaters this year. They have to come down a long driveway, though. Yeah, no, I know, that's the, true. The, I think the, the location of the house and, and, and all the fences uh, and, the, and my front porch light is actually a uh, motion detector. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the lights out. It it just doesn't I it just doesn't invite anybody to come there. Maybe you should put a bowl out by your mailbox and see what happens. You don't know this story, but this is this is a story I've told on the podcast before. I stopped by your house once on Halloween on my way up to the New York City Marathon and you had a full bowl of candy. I took a picture of your front porch mm-hmm. and then I walked to the metro to to get to the train station. And Chris texted me. He's like, oh, my God, if you're at my house, can you grab this for me? I'm already up in New York. So I went back. I It was two or three minutes. There were only three kids on the street. All your candy was gone oh in those two or three minutes. Those three punks took it all. Yep. Wow. 
Wow. So I'm not I'm not participating in that. My idea, which everybody I, I've I've promoted this in the past as well, put an empty bowl out and say, please take one. Then the kids aren't mad at you; they're mad at their neighbors. Right. That's smart. Well, we might have fights in the street, though. Yeah, that's uh, fine. All right, we will recap Halloween next week on mm-hmm. next week's program. But a big show to get uh, into today. Uh, We've got uh, a number of Marine Corps Marathon stories. You've got a story. Julie's got a story. I've got some stories. So we're going to talk about the Marine Corps Marathon that just happened this past week. Congrats to all the finishers. We'll talk some Marine Corps. Uh, We're going to talk some Nats. We just mentioned the Nats from the top. Mm -hmm. Derek Murphy in the news, our guy who uh, runs Marathon Investigator. Uh, he had an he 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 had an interesting story that I wanted to uh, to, to 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 talk about and tell you guys about. Uh, also, uh, the New York City Marathon is next week, uh, next Sunday. I've got my New York City Marathon jacket on, and it's my attempt for my twenty first uh, sub three in a row. And we've talked. We used to talk a lot about that on this show way back in the day, but. Uh, I want to uh, do some self-promotion and talk okay. about that later on the program. All right. uh, and also on today's program, we want to promote a movie that's coming out, a short film on Ariel Legius. I believe that's his last name. So Ariel is going to join us in studio, and we'll talk to him about his 406-mile trek uh, through Spain on the St. Ignatius. That's uh, a lot run. of running. So an amazing, inspiring uh, trip that he took uh, 406 miles through Spain. So, how long would it take you to do 406 miles running? Ooh, it probably would take me more than his fastest known time. Uh, I'd say. Well, I, I would agree with that. I'd I'm say not I, comparing you to our guest. I'm just asking. I would say it would take me a good three to four weeks. I would three guess. to four weeks, yeah. Julie. If he says three to four weeks, I'm going to say two to three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did it in eight days. So, uh, Docs, how long would it take you? Um, yeah, I would be, I would be two hours faster than either of you guys. (laughs) Well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a guy who actually did it and, uh, uh, we're all talk here. He actually, oh yeah, it's easy. It's easy to talk about. So Ariel, I I would be willing to do this. Ariel will join us on the program. All right. But I did say, uh, Marine Corps was this past week. So I wanted to touch on that. Uh, we were at the Marine Corps marathon uh, Expo. We did interviews there. Had a series of great interviews. Appreciate again uh, the Marine Corps having us. The day was a rainy and then hot day. Congrats to all the finishers, but it was a tough day to run. It was an experience. Mm. Wow. Um, so I know we had all had a couple of things we wanted to share from uh, the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, the Expo was great. Enjoyed the interviews. I we- really enjoyed Clark Beckham. I saw him. After he, he finish? after he ran his race, he ran 345. Wow. So congrats to Clark. Uh, he was on the program. He, uh, he said he was going to break four hours, and it was a tough day for, for somebody to run a decent time, and he did it. So that was great to see how well he did. Um, I also saw a number of Pace the Nation fans. I was at the finish line. Uh, so I saw, uh, I believe his name was Frank and a couple other people. I'm fr- sorry, I forgot your names. Loyal listeners of the program. Frank's a Virginia guy, so well, I enjoyed seeing him. I think him. Frank is the only one that's going to keep listening. <laughs> right, yeah, right. May no longer be loyal listeners. <laughs> right. So uh, just a, a great weekend of events uh, at Marine Corps. So at the expo, mm-hmm. I was going to open up like when we, on the stage and everybody's out there. I was going to say, 
Farley doesn't like me talking politics, but <laughs> I, I really just need to get this off my chest. Uh, and I was, and then I was gonna. Uh, the whole bit was just to see how nervous you got in front of a live crowd, uh, of of me like taking you outside of your comfort zone. That so I would have, yeah, because it was live. <laughs> oh man, because if it wasn't live, I just stop and I say, you know, let's not. Go we're not there. doing that. Right, or right. you would just let me do it, and you'd be and like, that was great, but we're not putting that on the show. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but in front of the live audience, I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of mm. uh, put you there on but, the spot. Wow. Yeah. But I decided that not makes to do me it. Sweat just thinking of it. Wow. Yeah. That that you, you literally <laughs> thought about doing that. Man. No, I, I had planned it, and, and while I was running that week, I would like practice how I was going to say it to get the, you know, because comedy is all about timing. Yes. So I was working on the timing on my runs. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I'd like to keep the politics out of I know. Much I know. That's the whole joke. Yeah, That's yeah, why that it's is funny. A good, yeah. It's a good joke. Um, but Julie, you, uh, Julie always has practice that morning of Marine Corps. And it's tough to get to Georgetown from Arlington, from the center of the universe, because Keybridge is part of the course, so that's obviously closed. But you can get there through Chainbridge, right? Chainbridge. So you got to go all the way down to Chainbridge and up, and then you, you do your run. And did you have traffic problems? Did you navigate it? Did your kids navigate around the Marine Corps Marathon to no, do your it wasn't, practice? No, it actually wasn't too bad yeah. um, getting over there. You just got to give yourself a little extra time. The yeah. rain certainly didn't help right? because um, it creates it traffic jams boring. no matter what. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, on Sunday – we we took a group out to Carterac. Yep. And for those a, who haven't run out there, awesome spot to run. Yeah, and it's cool for us too because Georgetown's about like uh, eleven miles or so back. So if we've got a group that's going a little bit longer, we'll drop them off out at Carterac and come back. But our shorter distance group uh, just took off from campus, mm. and uh, th- this is like the killer of all race directors, right? Is is people banditing the race? <laughs> right. So the girls, we had a group that went like between six and eight miles, more like middle distance and some people coming back from injury. And they were, they were running, you know, I tell them, I'm like, there's this really cool race called Marine Corps and there's 30,000 finishers. And we, you know, we kind of talk about it and they're like, Oh yeah. These kids are, I mean, they, they, the disconnect between track and field athletes. I remember when we were in college, we didn't really Mm -hmm. know about marathoning. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they didn't really look up where the race course was, but they took off you know, from campus and they start to run down towards M street and they're like, Oh my gosh, there's people everywhere. And like all of a sudden we could run down the middle of M street. That is pretty cool. And, and, and there's no cars and people were cheering for us. (laughs) So they're literally like left campus, start to head down towards the waterfront, hop out onto M street and start jogging down. Like there's a group of like five or six of them and people Banded start cheering because they look great and they're running together and they're like putting their hands up, you know, cheering back at the people who are cheering That's great. and they're having the best time. And there was only one in the whole group that was like, guys, I, I this doesn't feel this. right. I'm not sure if we're supposed to be doing it. They're like, let it go. Let it go. This is great. And they're like, you know, fist pumping down the street and, you know, they kind of mentioned it to me after, you know, when they came back from practice and I connected with them about the run. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we saw the race and we kind of ran alongside it for, you know, just a few steps. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's cool. And then Charlie Band sends a <laughs> picture of the women's team running through the center of M Street. And caught. Yeah, basically like caught. Yeah, banditing the race. And so I'm trying to explain to the girls. I actually sent them a picture on was it monday morning 
And I just, the caption to the picture was, I have spies everywhere. And it's just the girls running down the center of M Street, banditing the race, having a great time, enjoying themselves. On uh, the uh, the closed on, course. On the, yep. on the closed course, yeah. The, so. the, the uh, marathon participants that are on, on the peripheral in that picture mm-hmm. look really annoyed. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to... Like, they what, were what's so, that mile They were mark? not... Yeah, they, they really had no idea that they... No, but that where is awkward. that? That's about... Yeah, I don't know where so, it is on the course. Uh, it's it's probably about 10, 11 miles in. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. And then they've yeah. got this group of women who's like jogging and chatting that's and great. talking and laughing mm-hmm. and cheering. And, you know, if you're a participant in that moment, you're probably thinking to yourselves, who the heck are these people and why are they making a joke of it? Um, but they were having a grand old time. I did have to kind of explain to them, you know, coming from the pacer side and the event side, like what it's like and, and why right. it's not okay to like hop in <laughs> on races like that. And, and they're like, yeah, but we had so much fun. And they're coach. probably like grabbing goose and water. They're like, and they had Hey, where's my metal? <laughs> yeah. They had a great time. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to slowly expose yeah, them to the, good. you know, the etiquette of road racing. Of road racing. Water yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was a, it was a. So it thank was you, Charlie, a, for helping a, yeah, out with that picture well done, and, and, and helping yep. with the uh, joke of it. Uh, well, it was a, it was a tough day. So big props to everybody who, who finished uh, Marine Corps, the 10K, the 50K, uh, and of course the marathon, the main event. Uh, it was a rainy day, then a hot day, and. Yeah, it was all of it. You got everything except for good running conditions. (laughs) You did. It's a test of the durability of the mind. Well, uh, there were some tough running conditions in Spain that our next guest went through. Uh, Ariel Leguias, he did the St. Ignatius Way, which is 406 miles from Apatiza to Manaresa. And I probably botched those uh, pronunciations. Probably. 100%. He's going to explain... The pronunciations and everything else. Ariel Leguias, he's next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we are excited to be joined in studio. I mean, he's got a long list of things and jobs and oh how to describe him i I just i don't know where to start but it's i thought you were gonna say he has a long last name yeah well that too it's ariel Legius. ariel is that it that's it it you got it all right i practiced a couple times he did it he he cheated before (laughs) we started well the long list is obviously uh you're you're a teacher over gonzaga high school college or is it gonzaga college gonzaga college high school there we go all right uh you are a Proud employee of Pacers Running. Very proud. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, you're a runner. True. Uh, fairly new dad-ish. Six weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> and a fastest known time uh, runner of the the St. Ignatius 406-mile uh, trail, which you completed this past uh, last summer. Yeah, right? back in uh, June. Back in June. Unbelievable. uh, It's just an unbelievable accomplishment, and we'll get into that. Um, Really excited to have you on. Uh, Ariel's got a movie coming out that Pacers Running will be debuting uh, this weekend, 
now as this podcast airs we have the space time continuum always and you know it'll be it already happened it already happened so <laughs> you missed it i'm sure you were there and i'm sure it was well, some awesome, people didn't miss it but yeah. i'm sure they were there at h street and i'm sure it went off uh, very well and he answered some questions and people had a good time watching the movie. what was the toughest question somebody asked you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that one <laughs> yeah, that, there, uh, there you go yeah so uh that movie that that movie debut uh happened this past week it's uh, it's the ser- it's the story series that Pacers Running puts out, and it's story number two. And Ariel is the name of the story. Uh, so with that, all that Ariel, uh, thanks yep. for joining us. Um, yeah, thanks for so having me. So you, you're you're a runner. Let's start yes, there. Sure. Yeah. You're you're a runner. You got to be a hardcore ultra runner, marathoner. Like what? what how would you describe yourself you as know, a runner? I don't know. I. I um... I like just saying I'm a I'm a, a long distance runner. I enjoy running longer distances. I think, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was actually just a tennis player. I played okay. tennis my whole life, um, and played tournaments and had a coach and played year round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always ran as part of being a tennis player to stay fit. Yeah. Um, it really wasn't until I moved away. I lived in Nicaragua for um, a few years after college, and that's where I really started to run. I didn't really play tennis there anymore, so I started to run to stay fit. Gotcha. And that was where um, I saw an advertisement for a race one day, and I decided to throw my hat in there, and so I ran it, and then I was hooked. What, what was the distance of that first race? It was a half marathon, okay. which ended up being, a, it was like 11 miles. Okay. And then it- The old 11 mile The old 11 marathon. miler. Yeah. Um, and they didn't shut roads down or anything. It was just, you know, you run along the street, and, and you know, buses are unloading passengers, okay. and you're weaving your way through them. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was fun to train for it, and I had no idea what to do, and then- um, I ran it and, and I felt great. And I was something that I was like, Hey, I enjoy this. And you I thought hooked. that was good. Well, that, that, that sounds, uh, like it prepared you well for the 406 mile <laughs> run. I mean, well, not necessarily the distance, <laughs> but just weaving in and out and uh, right. traffic. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, Cobblestone streets. Yep, yep. It was just, so yeah. that, that's great. So we'll get, we'll get into that. Uh, obviously, but, uh, I, one thing I didn't add was you're also a coach. Right? Yes, you're a yeah, coach at yeah. Gonzaga. Coach. I've been helping out with the program since cross country uh, and track. Cross, cross, just cross country. Just cross country. Okay. Um, and I've been helping out for the past 14 years or so. I've been at Gonzaga for 16 years. Okay. Um, started helping out with the program uh, 14 years ago. So it's been a lot of fun to be part of that program and to kind of bestow a little of my knowledge to yep. the runners and just be a part of the program. It's been it's been awesome. great. I've seen a lot of success and coming off of a nice um, conference win this past weekend oh, for WCACs. Thank you. Yep. And then, you know, going into D.C. States this weekend at Kenilworth. Awesome. Um, and then we have a Jesuit championship turn, uh, uh, meet and then regionals. So we're at the end of our end of our season. And end of the road sort of at sure. for cross country. And you mentioned it's Jes- a Jesuit school here. Yes. One of 60, you said, in the country. Yeah, there are about is. 60 secondary yeah. schools, okay. secondary uh, Jesuit high schools. Yep. And then you went to a, one of the Jesuit colleges. Yes, which, went to Boston College, Boston College, Chestnut Hill, Mass. All right, right Go on. Eagles. Yep. Um, and, uh, my, you know, another uh, Jesuit school that everybody knows around here, my my wife slash co-host, who That's she'll right. be on the show later today. But she's just being really quiet right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, so she she's at Georgetown. So uh, yep. how many how many colleges are? About 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's important for the story because tell me how this idea of running this 
St. Ignatius uh, Trail, this 406-mile trail. I, I'm not a history guy. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You're, you're going to need to kind of You're not an educated me. guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need to kind of walk me through uh, sort of the background and uh, how this journey started or sure. the idea formed. But before before you do, can I ask uh, Farley just a quick trivia yes, question? Yes, please. Yes, we love these. Uh, we, had a, we have a mutual friend who went to St. Ignatius High School. Do you know who that is? Ah. I, that r- rings a bell. Mm-hmm. I usually can pull those. I, uh, I Quasimodo rings a bell. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a punchline of one of my dad's favorite jokes. I don't. I don't remember that's who good. went to. Uh, his name is Raymond W. Oh, of course. I won't say yes, his last name right. to protect Raymond, his anonymity. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives. In, he lives in D.C. Well, he yes. lives in Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that that's yeah. a good mm-hmm. inside. Uh, this this story. will get Farley more involved in the, in the story yes. now that he has that personal. I do there you go. Yes. <laughs> so um, so the idea of of this formed how and with who? Yeah. So uh, we'll bring it back to June of 2018. Okay. Um, I'm a Spanish teacher at Gonzaga, and um, we usually do immersion trips with the students. Cool. We went through this particular company in 2018 called Varsity Tours. Okay. So they organized our trip for us um, in Argentina and Uruguay. And when we got there, I was getting to know the owner of the company. His name is Augie, Augustine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we a lot of times in the evenings, we'll, we'll go out to dinner, just hang out and have a chance to, to talk to each other. And I was, we we're exchanging stories about traveling and what he does with his company. His company's based in Barcelona. And so we were talking a lot about what, you know, it's a fairly new company and what, um, you know, types of trips that he does. And I was telling him about the experiences that I've had with traveling in Spain in particular. And um, we started talking about pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. I, I currently teach a, a elective course to upperclassmen at Gonzaga um, about the Camino de Santiago, which is one of the um, oldest Christian pilgrimages in the world. And it, it starts in uh, France on the other side of the Pyrenees and it walks all the way to the western coast of Spain, um, the Cathedral of, of um, Santiago de Compostela is where the remains of St. James are said to be. Mm-hmm. And so we usually take a, a, a class there. So I was telling him about that, and he said, you know, it in, in around here, in Bar- around Barcelona, there's a pilgrimage called the Camino Ignaciano, um, Saint, the Ignatian Way. Mm-hmm. And it follows the footsteps of St. Ignatius, and he is the founder of the Jesuits. And it starts in Loyola, which is in sort of northern Spain, around Bilbao, and it goes down south um, towards Barcelona and ends in a town called Manresa. And it happens to be 406 and it's miles. about 400, <laughs> 406, 408 okay. miles. And well, miles. I don't okay. think it is. It's, it's in kilometers, right? Because well, it's that's in Spain, right? Well, yeah. So that, this is I'm already converting it for you guys. <laughs> yes, you yes. Thank you. For but that. I don't think that Farley they don't have miles over in <laughs> right. Europe. I, I'm it's sure all there's not mile markers there. Yes. <laughs> it's I funny because it. the, the the guidebook that I bought it's all kilometers. Right. So for about half an hour, I'm sitting there with with Google and punching in <laughs> kilometers to miles and making my own <laughs> thank you. mileage chart. So I'm confused enough. I don't need you to <laughs> right. tell me how many kilometers yeah. it is. It thank was confusing you. enough when I was there seeing yes, kilometer right. markings. All and so we started talking about that, and I said, you know what, that'd be a really cool um, route to experience and to, to get to know, given my background sure. with Jesuit education, having gone to Gonzaga, BC, and I was in a Jesuit volunteer organization called Jesuit Volunteers. Um, so Jesuit educated, so I thought, you know, this would be really cool to see because this is where it all happened. 
You know, if this person, if St. Ignatius hadn't taken um, that pilgrimage, um, if he wasn't there and did that, I, I wouldn't be sure. where I am. Right. And so I said, you know, I, th- I think I could, I would like to run that, you know. And, and did he and think you were crazy? He did. He sat there and he was kind of nodding <laughs> along. Because you, you don't know him that well. Right, I mean, exactly. We're just getting to know each right, other. Right. And so I was like, oh, you know, I do ultras. I've done 50 sure. milers and I, you know, I like running along. And I think the way my fitness is right now, I could probably average 50 miles a day with the right training. And I, I looked up on my phone if there was an existing fastest known time for it, which there wasn't. And I said, hey, I, I could, I, maybe I'll try this fastest known time, kind of jokingly. Right. And he looked at me and said, "Hey, man, if you're if you're serious about this, let's let's do it. I will I will support you. I'll I'll sponsor you as a company." He's off right now. He's, and I was like, <laughs> he's like okay. I was like, you know, we we're looking at each other in the eyes, and I was like, okay. yeah, let's do it, okay. man. Let's do it. Wow. Uh, let's touch base so in September, and that's how it happened. It just wow. sort of organic conversation. And then when I got back to DC, we were emailing each other, and I, I bought the guidebook, and I looked at it, and I said, "Is this how feasible is this?" And I looked at it. And I sort of looked at the it's they the guidebook organ, organizes it in about twenty seven stages. So if you're hiking it, you can do it about twenty seven days. Okay. And so I just crunched together different uh, segments for you know three or four segments in one day, equaling about fifty ish miles. Or, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this would be about eight days. So I emailed them and said, I'm in. Let's do this. Wow. Uh, I will train for this all year, and we can you know get a website up, and we'll start start to promote this thing because it's not a very well known. Pilgrimage route. It's For still sure. pretty new and doesn't get a lot of um, uh, people on it. Were you nervous promoting it that somebody else might go out and get the fastest <laughs> yeah. known time Running before like you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, I was more nervous, nervous about getting it out there because now it was like Wait. real. Well, that's like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. going to do this. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't nervous about someone else jumping right. in and snaking it from me. Right. I was more like, crap. I would. I don't know. What if I don't do it? <laughs> what if right. I? What if I fail? Yeah, well, I think um, we talked recently, Docs, about how it's more official once you once it's it on there. social yeah. media. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. big else. time, yeah. big time. When we made that announcement, I was like, oh man, this is this so, is real. So you you you've set your goals on running about running slash getting through four hundred ish miles in about a week's time. Yep. What I mean, what does training look like for that? I mean, so you with, can't really do a 400 mile week and say, all right, I'm ready to go. Yeah, no, I Googled it. I Googled uh, training schedule, you know, training plan, 400 plus miles, nothing comes up. <laughs> um, but just from my experience of running ultras um, and sort of creating plans for myself, I my, my main goal was to fatigue my legs mm-hmm. and to be used to running on tired legs. Sure. I figured if I'm going to be running about 50 a day, my legs will be tired. I need to know how well to nutrition myself. I need to just be used to that discomfort. Mm-hmm. And throughout the training, I, that's pretty much what I did. I, I run, ran commute to school a lot. I had my pack. Um, it was just a, lo- a lot of running. Right. Um, and I would try and stack my long runs on the weekends and do back-to-back long runs and hmm. um, just tire myself out just and, and try and get runs used to it. Here exactly. And there and, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was it was a challenge just to I mean, putting it on paper was one thing. But actually doing it, it, it's a huge lifestyle change. Yeah. A lot of a lot of commitment to doing yeah. it, um, and so for for that whole year, that whole academic year um, uh, during school, I, I would run the school, run home. Cross country season was great because I could just put miles in with the guys right. and, and do some workouts with them and run. I put on some some meets throughout or not meets uh, races throughout the throughout the season as well. I usually do JFK fifty miler November. Okay. So a few ultras throughout the season, um, throughout the throughout the year, to sort of uh, have some uh, smaller goals to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so 
I did that. And then in February, I had a, a ultra race um, down in Virginia that I, I turned my ankle a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, which was really dumb. And I kept going. It was one of those, it was a loop course. It was an IC8. Right. Um, and after about 16 miles and running and keep keeping, uh, I was keep, I was injuring my ankle so much. I was like, I got to stop because I, I have a bigger fish, a bigger yeah, fish to fry, right, right. you know, towards the end of the year. I should just stop running right now and start recovering. So that was a little bit of, of a speed a hiccup bump, in a little bit of a February, hiccup in the training in February. Yeah. Right. So how long did you have to take off? There? I was out for, I, I didn't run for a couple weeks. Okay. Um, I had a really a swollen ankle. And so I was doing a lot of rehab and yeah. getting on the zero runner at the gym and doing a lot of no, no, not no impact, uh, yeah, training. I, which is great, but it sounds like, and I, this makes sense to me. It's all about callousing your legs it is. and feet right. and just body to be right. able to just run a lot. Absolutely. So all the cross training in the world wouldn't no, duplicate absolutely not. what you need. So it was, to do. it was really frustrating. Yeah. And it was, I put a little doubt in my, yeah. in my mind because I had this, had this goal I was looking forward to in May and yeah. here I am sitting on the couch and just <laughs> trying to ice and do everything I can to the ankle. And it eventually got better. So I started running, but it, you know, you could always feel, yeah. I could always feel something there when I would run longer, but it was never to the point where it was like, Oh, this is, I can't do it. Okay. So, um, so that was always in the back of my mind. It was sort of a little reminder that was yep. just like, ah, oh, that's an ankle thing. It's, it's there, there, man. Yeah. There. So, uh, all right. So you get to May, June. Wait, so what, what's day did you start? I, I flew over to, um, Bilbao, Northern Spain on the 25th of May. Okay. So school ended, final exams ended. I flew over there and we had a weekend mm-hmm. to just relax, acclimate, a acclimate mm-hmm. um, sleep a lot, just yep. get ready, t- talk to the crew a little bit about how we're going to plan these things out. And who's your crew? Out. My crew was Augie, so the so the owner of Varsity Tours, mm-hmm. and then this guy, Diran. And okay. Diran works for Augie for Varsity Tours, and he uh, freelances for GoPro, and he had all the equipment. So he was going to do a lot of the footage and, and social media stuff, and so he was going to be next to me most of the time uh, on a bike. So he borrowed a mountain bike. And he accompanied me throughout most of the uh, most of the run. So he was, you know, uploading to the Instagram account and just sort of uh, making sure I didn't get lost. He had yeah. he had to guide the route on his phone just to um, ensure that we're making good right time. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He would bike ahead and say, "Hey, we're gonna turn at this fork and." We got to follow this way. I, I, I couldn't imagine anything more frustrating than you know going ten miles off course and having to run ten yeah. miles back. Oh. and then well, yeah. part of the training, uh, what I planned, I I went, I did a solo trip over spring break, okay. and I traveled to Spain. I went to Bilbao and I ran the first hundred miles of this route on my own um, <laughs> in about three days. So I did okay. three days of it, um, all of all of Basque country, and which was actually the hardest part of it. Basque country, Basque like country the is fish. the region in Spain. No, uh, the not, Basque region. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I thought you said Basque. Like, B-A-S-S. oh no, ba- no Basque, B A S Q E. Okay, yeah. wide mouth Basque yeah, singing yeah, yeah. on the wall. Yeah. I didn't know there was everybody. Many. Everybody has that wide mouth Basque <laughs> on, right. on yeah. the. Spain was into the fishing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. Um, Got it. Basque. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So I was there. So País Vasco in Spanish, but okay. Basque country. So. Yeah. That was one of my goals also was to actually see the route for myself and kind of get yeah, eyes on it, helpful. see what the terrain looked like. Mm-hmm. I had the time to do it. Uh, my wife was cool about me going on a solo <laughs> trip. 
uh, over spring break. Was the kid break. born then? No, not no, yet. Okay. Not yet. No, that's why she was cool. Yeah. No, 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 disres- <laughs> no, no disrespect to her. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, right, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I went over there and I, and I did um, most of that first part. And there was a mountain pass that I had to go over. So I wanted to see that, see how hard that was going to be. And this like, is solo. This is alone. Right? Yeah. This is solo. So every day was a point to point. Um, I had I uh, had a, a contact for a taxi driver that I never met. Hmm that he would go to the hotel that I stayed at, pick up my bags and bring them to the next hotel. <laughs> and every day on, on WhatsApp, I would text him and say, hey, you know, I, I'm going to go from this spot to this spot. And so he would go to the hotel. Total trust in the guy. Wow. Uh, he yeah. came highly recommended. So I was like, okay, yeah. I, can, I can trust the guy. And so that's how it went for the first three days. And the rest of the time, I, I traveled to um, Barcelona and hung out in Barcelona but for what, a few days. But wow. were the hotels like like on the course is it like you're talking about like mountain cabins or something like this or yeah so or are you running like five miles into town as well to get to the hotel no so the, the towns were they're smaller towns but there are still little hotels that you could go to gotcha. um right on the like course. the first yeah, right exactly the first hotel was actually like a truck stop it was a 24-hour restaurant truck uh-huh. stop um 24-hour convenience store which was really convenient. The food is great right. and it was open 24 seven. I had a room yeah. pretty basic. Um, and then there were some bigger towns where I would stay in. There was, you know, four star, three star hotels. And, um, that was more towards the, the last uh, day or so. But, um, did you do the hotel route on your official run as well? Or did yeah, you, exactly. Okay. So I was looking at the guide and just, um, so the segments also had something the, to do with exactly. Where you so all the segments there would have hmm. lodging, you know, where you were options to stay and things like mm-hmm. that. So there's always going to be uh, lodging available. So let's get into the official. Run. Sure. This is the, so yeah. you get there and is there some point where you like touch a statue and then you start running or like, yeah. So, so the begin, it was actually starting at the sanctuary of Loyola, which wow. is where uh, St. Ignatius home was. So they, okay. they built a, a, a church there, but his original home is is within the walls of the, and, of the and church, he, and he ran it when? Well, he walked it, so walked he, it, he, right. he actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, took a donkey. So yeah, yeah, this yeah, was no, no. this was almost five hundred years ago. Okay. So I would say February of fifteen twenty two. Wow! So four hundred ninety seven. Oh yeah, that's a oh yeah, that's a long way. I know donkey donkeys too. today are lazy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, so yes, so 500 years ago, wow, 500 years ago, really he did cool. this. And so the, there was a, a marker, a mile marker right in front mm-hmm. of the sanctuary. And that was the official start to the wow. Camino Ignaciano. And so, okay. you know, touch the, the post and say, Hey, you know, it's six 30. I'm attempting a fast as no time on the Camino Ignaciano. And here we go. And I'm, I'm getting chills just, just thinking of that, yeah. man. That's like really cool. Oh, and mean, the lead be, up, because it was two days yeah. of, of resting, right, right. you know, mm-hmm. eating and just hanging out. And Sounds awesome. Getting ready. For, <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> and then, but you know, there's this buildup. Yeah. Right. I've been training for this thing this whole right. year and this is, and it's finally here. So I was ready to roll. And, yeah. and the first part of it, that first section is really easy. It's on a bike path. It's all asphalt and it's a, it's, it's a little bit uphill, but you don't really feel it because yeah. the adrenaline's running. So you're just cruising. Well, see, that's the problem. I was just going to say, like, you got to be careful. Like the first, all yes. right, I'm starting the 400 oh, yeah. mile run. And oh, it's yeah. like, you want to go out in like five minute pace. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I need to be like 12 minute pace. Hold on. It was, yeah. it was, it was yeah. exactly so you, that. Yeah, it was like, just reminding me. I said, okay, this is going to be like eight <laughs> days. So right. don't get, don't get past right. yourself. So, all right. So you, you, you're making your, your trek. Um, you, you, Doc's just, you know, covered some of the questions about, so the hotels are sort of on the right. way and you'd map them out exactly so right on the, really right on the course right yeah, or exactly yeah right and, on the course and, and and you had a crew of two so you didn't need the taxi driver to drive right. the, the stuff from okay so uh first day 
take us through, uh, I'm sure it was emotional, awesome, feeling oh, yeah. pretty good, um, all systems go first day? Absolutely. Felt great. Uh, a lot of adrenaline, just mm-hmm. just was ready to run. It was cool weather. It was about mid-60s, drizzling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really nice running weather. Um, and so I made it to the first segment, with the first town, which is about, I think, 11 miles away. And then re-upped the nutritionals. And then that second segment was going over that mountain pass, like a 3,000-feet climb in wow. about three miles. Technical trail was wet. I was worried about the weather because having had that experience on my own running that um, in over spring break, it was dry and it was nice and it was, it was, it was, it was easier. Right. But there's a lot of fog, dense fog. And when you get up to the top of that pass, the markings are aren't very visible they're on the ground they're on on rocks so you have these arrows and you have these markings that you have to follow but if you can't see them you're going to be stuck on top of this pass kind of you know trying to figure out your way so i'm glad i did that section because i knew at least what direction to go to um so i made it to that section uh finally made it over that pass and went and came down it was super muddy and and fell a couple times and cut my wrist Mm -hmm. and it was just it became more real at that point. I was right. like, okay, this is going to be this is going to be tough. Um, and so I would meet up with my crew um, after after all the shorter sections. So there was like eleven mile section, and then there was another eight eight mile section, and then another twelve mile. So it, you're just piecing together all these sh- uh, shorter segments mm-hmm. um, throughout the day. And so once I made it down the mountain weather kind of broke and then it was uh, smoother sailing along asphalt and then finishing that first that first day which was about 37 miles so the first okay. day was a shorter, shorter one. one I didn't want to push it the first day um, because of the weather and also just because I didn't want to just tax myself that because yeah. I knew I was going to be excited and I didn't mm-hmm. want to just overdo it and, and just be drained for the following day because the following day was another sort of uh, climb and pass so um, I was worried about the fog as well because there's a cliff that you have to run past and you, and the guidebook says, be careful with the cliff because right. if their fog is really thick, you're not going to see it and you might Fall. go over the cliff. Right, right. That's so I was like, good. I don't want that to happen <laughs> that first day. I mean, that really stink. first day. <laughs> so I was a little more conservative that first day. Yeah. I wanted to wait for the, for the next day to, to make it up there and, and, and do that part as well. So um, you go, you know, you, you stay in the hotel. What time are you waking up generally each of these you know, is it 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. start, something like that? Yeah, was, that's exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah. It was 5 a.m. Okay. I'd get some food. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd um, get all my gear ready mm-hmm. and usually make it out the door to start running again around 6, 6.30. Yeah. So my crew would still be asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we would... We would uh, lazy, just like donkeys. Totally lazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And we would just talk the night before and say, all right, we'll meet you. I'll meet you at this town sure. around, you know, 8.30 or 9. Right. And so when I left, I'd... Just tell them I'm, I'm on my way, and they'd start to kind of get up and did, get the Did gear your together. crew ever miss you on any points throughout the? the um, y- yes and no. So they would, we would um, drop pins on WhatsApp. Oh yeah. And so they would be in the town, but it wouldn't some. It wouldn't be at the beginning of the town. It sometimes would be at the end of town right. or different locations, and so. Mentally, right. when you're like, "Oh, I'm there," you know, I'm I'm reaching this town. I should yeah. be done. But then there's always like another m- couple miles or sure. so, right. which is super frustrating because right. you're ready to just like sit down and rest yeah. and see eat. somebody. Yeah, you're like, "Oh yeah. no, yeah, we're here, but we're at the cathedral." Which you is know? no big so deal make for your them. way. Just yeah. look at you know, look at your map. I'm like, "All right, cool." And so look, and I'd have to weave my way through this town. What were they running. doing at the cathedral? 
Uh, like you, just so, sightseeing because they're... Yeah, so that'd mainly be the, the main meeting point. So there'd uh-huh. usually be cafes or restaurants. Yeah. Gotcha. But the person who developed this, this route, he was a Jesuit priest, so he always ended at, at the cathedral, cathedral or right, at a church right, from right, the town. Yeah. That was his spot. So he right, would yeah. end there and start there every day. Yeah. So yeah. Is, is the clock continuously running or is it a... Yeah, so the clock started at you know Monday at 6.30 a.m. and mm-hmm. it kept running, but for the segments and i had my gps watch on me and sure, i would sure. start and stop it but yeah yeah for for the, for the fkt yeah. it was just yeah it would start at monday at 6 30 and then it would end whenever i finished mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all right so um uh, i want everybody to watch the video we'll tweet out a link it's uh the story two in the pacers running series of stories it's called ariel um so i'm sure there was a ton of highs Oh, yeah. But uh, so I want to talk about those, but I sure. also want to know the the lows uh, as well because lows. I'm sure there was a ton of lows. Let's start with the good. So yeah. I mean, tell me some of the highlights. I mean, I'm sure there's so many of them, but maybe give me a, a couple or few. Sure. Um, I think being able the way the 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 route runs from 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 Loyola to to Barcelona, you're going through a lot of different regions and different climates and so just seeing sort of a, a greener wetter bass country and then dropping down into la rioja which we all know is where all the wine is mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool. the vineyards so you're going through these these wineries and vineyards and going through just places you'll never be able to see unless you're on this route right. usually when we travel when i travel to spain i'll go to sevilla or madrid mm-hmm. bigger cities and and it's pretty touristy but there's something about being the only person at the time on this route, there was no one else on there, so it was a lot of solitude, and I and I like that. I enjoy sure. having well, you that and the guy myself. on the bike, me and the guy on the bike, right? <laughs> so whenever you joined me, it was just he and I. Yeah, but, but did, still, did that ever get irritating? Where you just like, I need, I want my yeah, give me my, my alone time now. in the beginning yeah. because he was really extroverted. Yeah, and and that's fine. I'm right. sort of on the line of introvert right, right, extrovert, right, right. and I'm used to running alone. So in the beginning, we're just getting to know each other. I haven't met him until right. I arrived there. Mm-hmm. And he would talk, and he's filming, and he's like, he's like, all right, so, so, all right, how you, how you feeling right now? Oh yeah. And then beginning, I was like, oh yeah, feeling great. Yeah, but yeah. after a few hours, I was like, like, dude, yeah. same answer, dude, pal. man, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm hurting. What do you, what do you want me to say? It's yeah. a freaking, yeah. it is, and I don't want to think about it. And right. and and there, and so we got to know each other really well, and he would know. I would just, I'd be silent, I'd be yeah. quiet, and got, he yeah. would just, he would just, you got to get there. in your zone, you know? Yeah. Cool, and that is cool. Um, and so I'm glad he was there, by the way. Oh, Again, me too. This, this, this footage is incredible, and, the, and you'll yeah. see it on the movie. Oh, in, in the beginning, yeah. I, I, I definitely undervalued, undervalued his presence there. Sure. You know, there are times where I'm like, oh, man, I wish you know he wouldn't <laughs> talk so much. But as we went through, I'm like, man, I really re- am relying on him so much, and he's really helping me get through this. Right. Um, so that solitude and just the scenery and, and being able to see that with my own eyes. And, and there are times that I would just stop and kind of just – Stop moving and just and look around and look just behind me. In. Look look where I have, where I came from and oh, look what's behind awesome. me, and just have those moments of man. This is a once in a lifetime experience. Could you envision yourself and the guy five hundred? I'm calling him the guy five hundred. Yeah. Saint Ignatius. Yeah, yeah. Saint I Ignatius. did. Yeah. So there there are parts of the runs, particularly during this desert crossing, around day day five, I think, and it was like a sixty mile day. Yeah, we started early and it was. It's desert, you know. Yeah. It got really hot, and I and I started to imagine what it was like for him 500 years ago. Things are totally cool. different. You have yeah, these no really WhatsApp. small towns, yeah. and no exactly, GoPro, no, WhatsApp, no <laughs> GoPro, <laughs> yeah. and just what 
yeah. that must have been like. Because then, like, you had the bubonic plague going on. Uh. You had a stranger going on to these towns and just asking people if he could sleep um, right. in their property or if they had food. And so, not that people weren't nice back then or welcoming, it's just they also didn't know who he was. And, like, you could be bringing Mm -hmm. the plague in. You you know, you could be bringing sickness to it. So, I was like, man, like, I have it really, really easy. I got my, I got my, you (laughs) know, maximal running shoes on. I had (laughs) poles. I had a a pack with nutritionals in it. And so, I'd I'd think about that. I'd reflect on that a lot and and kind of think about what that must have been like. Yeah. All right. We'll get back to some highlights. But I do want to know, I mean, it's a... Uh, ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day, it's eight days and it's yeah. 400 miles. I yeah. mean, that is really hard to do. That's hard. So, so tell me some of the, the challenges and struggles. And did you think you would have to drop out at points? Yeah. I, halfway through that ankle injury that I was talking right. about earlier, that it, it, it came February. up and it was always there, but it yeah. was manageable. But there came a point uh, halfway through where it, was, it started to hurt and the, the front of my ankle started to swell a lot. The tendons in the front of the ankle were swelling. Um, and I didn't realize it was because, and I learned this when I came back and saw our doctors, a lot of the downhill running down, mm-hmm. running down mountains, just put a lot of stress on those tendons and they, they flared up. And so it was, it was really hard for me to bend my, my right foot that there was that dorsiflexion wasn't happening. And so it was, it was super painful to, to, to run on it. And so when that started to happen, there was a segment where it was after the desert and I was running to meet the guys and, um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't run. I was just walking and just trying to tell myself, you know, walk it off, use the poles and start running, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't happening. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if this is going to, if this is going to happen. And wow. I was like, I made it this far, I made right. it 300 plus miles this is their feet in itself. And when you're spiraling down and you're all alone, <laughs> Like you just go down to a dark place mm-hmm. and that's where I was. And so deep down, I was hoping when I met with the crew and it was, I was about an hour and a half late from the time sure. we were supposed to meet and I right. show up and I just look, I look terrible. And I was, and I was explaining to them what happened with my ankle and, and I was hoping whatever it was like, I don't know. Do you think we'll be able to finish? Do you think we should rethink this? It never happened. It was like, all right, well, let, why don't you get your back? Let's put your ankle up. Right. Let's tape it. Um, and you know, we'll, so we'll just keep going. Never allowed nothing. You to have. That's good. That's and great. in my head, I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> I, I know you're thinking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was my out. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Come on, guys!" I but know. I was like, "Okay, yeah. all right, all right. I'll I'll yeah. stick it out. We'll see how it does. Tape it up, wow. and we'll see how it goes." Props and so, to those guys. and That's it was awesome. from then on. It was okay. Let's just let's just stick with it and know that it's going to happen. And I started this mantra of just you know, expect it and accept it. Know mm-hmm. that it's going to happen and accept it and figure out a way around it figure out how you're going to deal with it each day it's it's it can't get any more worse Mm -hmm. you know hopefully yeah um and if you can just deal with the pain um you know you you can do it how much was that affecting your your pace would you say i mean minutes per mile or oh there there are sections i i could only walk especially going uphill and downhill it was Mm -hmm. just a lot of power hiking and using Mm -hmm. the poles there are some days or some segments where I could I could find a good a good groove and just run and just when I when I had those when I had those times when it didn't hurt I would run as much as I could I was like it's not hurting so just go as much as you can right. as, as far as you can until it starts hurting again and and then you know start walking so it was really touch and go I wow. there are some segments I could I could run like a 720 715 mile and it was awesome and then there are segments where I was walking, you know, 18 pace yeah. and just 
feeling sorry for myself to move, move and forward. Yeah. just trying to exactly just, just moving forward, go to the yeah. next segment, go to the wow. next city. Um, so it was, it was really that for the, for the last half of the, of the, of the run, it was just wake up and the first steps that I would take were the, were the worst. Cause you, mm-hmm. you know, you're sleeping for a few hours and you get up and everything's tight. And I was like, all right, as long as I can get my shoes on, yeah. get taped up and start walking, get the blood flowing, you know, I can eventually start running. So that was how it was for the rest of the time. Every morning was get up, walk, and then eventually start running. Wow. A lot yeah. of mental fortitude. Impressive, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so let's, you know, fast forward towards the, the end of, yeah. of the, the run, the experience, the eight days. Yep. Um, so you, you grind, you grind through, literally grind through it. Uh, when did you know, like, I'm going to be able to do this. I mean, did it take you to, did you, did you know early or did it take you to the last day? Be like, wow, I'm going to be able to make this thing happen. I think it was around day six where I had that really bad morning and it took mm-hmm. me a while to meet up with the group. And, and that's when I felt like I wanted to quit. And mm-hmm. it was also the same day that I was, that I was meeting my wife. My wife had, had flown over to, to come to the end of the, of the nice. run. And at this point, she's six months pregnant, <laughs> and we're on the phone a few days earlier. And I was saying, you know, just just go to the end and wait for me there for a couple of days. I don't want. I I really worried about her just driving yeah. around and meeting us. I was like, it's too stressful. You're pregnant. Six months pregnant. Yeah. She's like, no, I want to meet you. I want to see you when I get there. I want to go to where you are and and help you and, and be a part of it. And I was like, really resistant, but finally, right. I was like, okay, fine. Meet meet me in in this town called Yeda. And so we arrived to Yeda that day, and it was a 20-mile day. And, and as a group, we met up. She was there. I met up with her, gave her a huge hug. It was great to see her. And my crew said, you know, let's, let's take this afternoon off. It's like, you need to rest. We'll go back to Barcelona and kind of shower up and, and clean out the car and get more provisions. And we'll meet back tomorrow, you know, at this town, the following town. And we'll go, it'll, it'll slow us down a little bit. It had about half a day. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the turning point. I think yep. we, we all needed to take a break. And so I was like, okay, fine. So we got a hotel. They went back to Barcelona. Augie and Didon went to Barcelona. Marissa and I got a hotel and, you know, showered and, and washed yeah. some clothes, yeah, yeah. put my feet up. We went for a nice meal, yep. took a nap. I ordered a pizza and just crushed it <laughs> I'm sure. and a slept pizza, more. I'm sure. Maybe the next, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The next morning I woke up, felt like a million dollars. Wow. I was like, okay, I think I, that's what we need. I think we all needed that. So I got yeah. on the road. We met the next town. Everyone was in good spirits. We're all happy. And from there on, it was just go, go, go. I mean, there were still times when it hurt, but I think that that time to rest and really just recharge awesome. for everyone to do that, um, I think that was the crux. But, I think but, that but right before there. we get to the, the end, yeah. I did want to ask, because you mentioned eating. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you got, you're, you, you've got a pack of nutritionals and the yeah. traditional stuff that you might run right. a marathon or an ultra, but sure. you got to eat substance, like real substance along. Yep. yep. Could, could your stomach take, I mean, did you have any problems with that or are you good with that usually? No. So it was, it was hot. And yeah. a lot of times I couldn't, I wasn't really craving food. Wow. So usually for lunch midday was when we would kind of take a longer break and have a cafe, go to a cafe and, and get a, a bigger meal, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really eat too much wow. at most. Maybe a chicken breast and some potatoes and right. I maybe wouldn't even finish that sometimes wow. because throughout the whole time I'm taking gels. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I rated the, the, the nutritional card at Navy yard before yeah. I left and right. got like 60, 70 gels and just an assortment <laughs> of things. Right. And I was also going through, I was snacking a lot. I think yeah. I ate over 12 bags of potato chips that yeah. whole time. 
So your calories are coming in. Calories are coming your, in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Red Bulls. Okay. Ice yeah. cold Red Bull. I drank yeah. like 32 cans of Red Bull wow. throughout the whole thing. So I'm 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 getting calories in. Um, and it was and it was what I was craving. Just salty yeah. chips, Red Bulls. I had t- a couple uh, tins of of Noon Endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always putting in something something yeah. in my body, yeah. but never really craving heavy right. foods. Yeah. I just didn't. But you got that pizza day six, and yes. then you see your wife, and you're heading off on the last trek. Um, was she mad at you that you ate the whole pizza? Was she <laughs> like, I was kind of like eyeing a piece there? Yeah. No, because she <laughs> can't do gluten or dairy. Uh, oh, that's so, very, you know, see, that's, Found that's, yourself that's, a good wife. Yeah, it's all mine. <laughs> all right, so. Um, I mean, I did order. There was other food for her to yeah, eat. Yeah, no, she, she wasn't like sitting there. It was hey, pregnant. Watch like, me eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you, you take us through the, the, the last bit and, and where do you, where do you finish? I'm sure at a cathedral, yeah. right? Yeah. So the last day, it was another, you know, 47 mile day and we got started five in the morning or so and made our way towards, uh, Manresa and, uh, you first have to climb up to Montserrat, which is uh, a mountain where St. Ignatius had a big conversion there and he sort of. Um, dropped his armor and his sword, very symbolic, and really made that commitment to, to be a man of God. And um, he descended Montserrat and made his way to Manresa. So that's the, the route we followed. And Manresa is a small town 90 minutes away from Barcelona, and there's a cave there. And, that, and this cave is where St. Ignatius, um, he lived for about a year. He stayed okay. in this cave for about a year in contemplation. And it's significant to the Jesuits because that's where he developed the spiritual framework for the um, for the Jesuit order. So all that ha- everything that uh, was created to to form you know Ignatian spirituality, everything that went into that was developed by him there. He took these mm-hmm. notes. He was um, in prayerful contemplation, and so that's where the finish was. So that's it's cool. so it's still like a, a cave. They they built a little chapel around it, and there's a big structure there. But that was the the finish. So you go over this this footbridge as we enter the city, and you make your way up this up this hill to the parking lot. Um, and that last day, it was just I think the the, the last segment was about ten kilometers, mm-hmm. and it was towards the end of the day and everyone is we're anxious and i'm i'm just i'm tired i'm done i'm like i'm ready for it to be finished but i I gotta get this (laughs) one last segment in and um let's let's do this thing let's get there and i I remember taking off just going and not even waiting for dudan and you know he eventually caught up on the bike and he, he led the way but it was just Right. laser focus like wow. let's, let's go and let's finish this thing and you kicked and the it whole in. time kicked it in yeah. mine was racing yeah. still like really present in the moment yeah. and just realizing where it was and and what this all meant and the and the meaning behind it and 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 once i made that last uphill it was just elation i mean oh, I, I was exhausted it was that was it oh, i had yeah. nothing left okay. you know dropped the poles and my hat came off and i was just finally finally finished and I could put my hand on my knees and know that like wow. I did it and were I, you like sobbing and like uh, was it an incredible moment with your wife and like I'm just visioning yeah, yeah. so that, like I, I made it to the top of the hill yeah. and then um, there's a lot of high fives right, and hugs sure. and stuff and then I got to go inside the cave so I went oh, inside yeah. and, it, and they kept it open for me they knew I was coming so they so they kept it open for me um, and I walked in and it was there's one other person in there who's praying, and I, I went in and sat on the chair and kind of faced um, the wall there, and, and and sort of a picture of St. Ignatius, and and that's when it really 
uh, hit me. Yeah. And so I, I sat there and I, I wept. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like it, this, is, this is it. And just thinking about everything that went into it, the training, the community involved that was, that was supporting me throughout the whole thing, um, just the, the fact that I, I, I made it through. Yeah, and, it's and, powerful. And, yeah. and to reach that point where it all started. Yeah. You know, like thinking back to, to my life and, and my uh, experience with the Jesuits and being Jesuit educated at Gonzaga and then going to BC and being a Jesuit volunteer and now being back as a teacher at Gonzaga. And that's my whole life, yep. you know? And so if it wasn't for him, for St. Ignatius, I, I, this is, I don't know where I'd be. Unbelievable, man. Well, 406 miles, uh, eight days. Uh, do you have an official time? Eight days, 12 hours, 45 minutes. 12 hours, yeah. eight days, 12 hours, 45 minutes. So that's established the, established the fastest known time. Established fastest known yeah. time of the St. Ignatius Way. Yeah. Wow, that's, been, that's huge, man. Oh, it's incredible. We're, we're, where do you go for there? I mean, do you do a local 5K? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty tough, man. Afterwards, we, we spent like six day, five days in Barcelona on our yeah. little baby moon, yeah, yeah. and it was cool. so nice to wake up the next day and not, <laughs> not have, have to, to run. run. I mean, we were on the same sleeping schedule, same eating yeah. schedule. It was really low-key. But, yeah. yeah, no, but, you know, as you know, like my baby boy was born mm-hmm. six weeks ago, Kai, awesome. and it's just been a different right, right. type of race, right. you know, and <laughs> it it's, it's super hard and yeah. it's, it's a lot of sleepless nights and yep. it's challenging in its own way. So as of right now, it's just, if I can go out and run, I'll run, but sure. it's not the priority right now. Yeah. Um, but it'll, it'll always be there. And I have That's one awesome. race in, um, coming up in November, but then after that, it's really, Whatever, whatever we can do, we'll, we'll do. But right now, it's just yeah. all about having this, having this baby and raising them. That's awesome. Well, you you got to check out the listeners. Got to check out the uh, aerial movie. It's about eleven minutes. It's a short movie, eleven, about twelve tw- minutes. Yeah, yeah 12, so minutes. twelve minutes long. Uh, inspiring, awesome work. Uh, again, the videographer. What's his name again? I want to give him a. Pl- so Diran took Didan. a lot of the footage yep. uh, in Spain, and then and then Braden from Brayden, Lady Mountain. She yeah. put it all together. She really did a good Brayden job. Did a great creating job telling the story. story. Yeah. yeah, and then Megan did a great job of yes. kind of coordinating all, all these pieces. So, yeah. uh, props to all everybody involved. I mean, props to you too. You had to do the work, but <laughs> but uh, it's re- really neat how all that came together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you come back and? Do your students know? I mean, was there like a hero's welcome back at Gonzaga? I mean, so so I came back and it was it was summertime and yeah, I was right, I was right. I, I was doing summer classes that you know when I came back, mm-hmm. but I, I teach a lot of the incoming freshmen, so they yeah. didn't know about it. I, I yeah. talked a little bit about right. it with them. Uh, a lot of people from the cross country team knew about it, and a lot of people were following it on the Instagram page. Cool. So um, as I saw them throughout the, when the school year started, they would congratulate me and say they were following along, and so. Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't yeah. you know it wasn't yeah. a huge fanfare. Right. It was kind of like business as usual. Sure. But for the people that were following and and and, and knew about it, we're we're definitely pretty excited and That's stoked cool. about it. So there's a charity component to it. Well, so we raised some funds raised through, some through funds. Um, a GoFundMe. So okay. the idea was to help promote it um, since it's it's a lesser known pilgrimage route. Sure. Um, the big challenge is infrastructure Mm -hmm. and so it's again there's not a lot of people that do it so the the beginning and the end of the route they have really good trail markings but the middle of it it's you can get lost pretty easily if if you don't know where you're going so so a lot of that their leftover money was was donated to you know the the jesuit who is in charge of he's the one that started to kind of put money towards the infrastructure to start 
building it up a little bit more, making it a little more accessible. The sad part is that since not a lot of people do it, the municipalities aren't willing to put a lot of money towards sure. it because, oh, well, there's no need and not, not, not a lot of people do it. But it's one of those, you know, chicken egg things. It's like, well, if you had better signage and, and more people would do it. more people do it. So uh, right now, a lot of Jesuit schools and, and institutions are, know about it and, and, and do it primarily. So you have a lot of faculty from different Jesuit universities and colleges. I'd like to take a bunch of teachers from Gonzaga and, and have an experience doing that. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a newer pilgrimage and it's, and it's growing. So part of it, this whole thing was to, to get the word out about it and to help improve. Well, more info on the website yeah. that uh, I'm looking at here. It's Ignatian Run. Uh, that's I-G-N-A-T-I-A-N for the spelling challenge like me, run.com. Uh, <laughs> Check that out. Uh, again, also, you'll we'll, we'll tweet out all the particulars, and you'll be able to see the movie uh, when it's debuted this weekend, and obviously we'll have it on, on Run Pacers as well. Um, so... Um, you don't have. I, mean, I did kind of joke about. Well, what do you come back to a five k or something <laughs> like that? But you don't have any other. So you're you're raising your your, your newborn yeah. and no no real running plans from here. So JFK fifty milers okay. on tap in November. Okay. And that's about it. So okay. there is only reason I'm doing that is I've, I've done it three years in a row. Wanted yeah. to keep the streak alive. Yep. No real expectations yeah. though in terms just of performance. So I just want to run it to finish it and have fun with it. And so. the ankle's good now. The ankle's good yeah, actually. After cool. it took another month and a half or so for it to to feel a hundred percent. Cool. So it feels good, and, and I can, as much as I can get out there and run, I can I can do it, and I feel pretty good. So awesome. Well, yeah. uh, look forward to seeing you this. Uh, I, I think it's this Friday, Friday, November first. November first. Yep. yep. We're gonna uh, we're going to have the uh, the movie showing uh the premiere of the of the aerial movie uh and if if you want to ask him questions then well yep. it's already too late but <laughs> go go to navy yard you work a couple times yeah. maybe once once a week or yeah. once every well i'm picking week, up like more that. shifts at the h street well we very much appreciate so i'll be that. there i'll actually yeah. be there after this today right. yeah so, so yeah so if you want to see ariel um you can ask him all about it and uh yeah, man. Uh, amazing story. I really appreciate you showing and, and, and being so open to, to, to do it with Pacers. And it's really, really cool what you've done. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for yeah, having me. Awesome. Thanks for supporting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's Ariel Legius. Is that right? There we go. All right. Thanks again, Ariel. Great stuff, man. Thank All you. Right. There he goes, Ariel Legius. He joined us on Pace the Nation. Fastest known time of the St. Ignatius Way, 406 miles. He did it in eight days and 12 hours. Unbelievable stuff. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Ariel for joining us on today's program. Again, check him out. Check his movie, his short film out uh, that we premiered at Pacers Running this week. Uh, it's story number two. Ariel is the name of the film. Uh, great job on, uh, on on putting all that together by, by everybody who was involved. Uh, awesome, awesome film. We'll tweet out all the particulars at uh, Pace the Nation. And uh, I, I think the key thing is, is, is you, you call it a movie that it's 12 minutes. <laughs> right, right. Those are the kind of well, movies I, mean, I can get behind. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was expecting before he came on, I was expecting like a two hour feature film with no. a big tub of popcorn. This is a short film. Yeah. Which is good. I, it, yeah. it, it, it sounds awesome and, and I can't wait to watch it. Yep. Uh, I just think that it's important in this, in this uh, 2019 to set proper expectations. I, I agree. 12 minutes. 
short film. Uh, it's it's a really good short, uh, mm-hmm. compacted watch that I you won't be disappointed. You're not going to get through a tub of popcorn. <laughs> no. Challenge and we, accepted. And we do have Julie. <laughs> and we, we do we do have Julie back with us who wasn't there for the interview. She's just uh, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doesn't have much to say. She didn't do her research. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now I'm caught. A- Ariel was. Uh, I mean, just an inspiring, inspiring. He's an inspiring it's amazing. guy, yeah. and and really enjoyed having him on. And so, anyways, so so thank you, Ariel. And how lucky is he that his wife can't eat pizza? I know he gets all the pizza himself. Yeah, I know, or dairy. I mean, what else? What else? Pizza, you know. Cheese, I don't know if there's sticks. any other advantage to that, but <laughs> but getting all of the pizza sounds great. Yeah, I don't know queso. He she won't mm-hmm. eat that. Uh, there's a lot of dairy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> should we name some more? <laughs> I, I mentioned a couple stories, uh, that I wanted to get into. Uh, I am wearing my New York city marathon jacket here. I know it's uh, noisy. Yeah. That I, I, you know, I, I'm not superstitious. So, you know, some people don't wear or buy their jacket of that race until they actually complete the distance. Uh-huh. I'm confident I can complete the distance, but I am not confident I can run in sub three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be no breaking three. There's going to be no running around uh, Haynes Point this year if I don't break three hours. It's either happening or not. Uh, in New York? In New York. And this will be my 21st. Uh, I, my first sub-three-hour marathon was 1999. We've talked about it on this show a number mm-hmm. of times, uh, whether there's an asterisk or not an asterisk. Well, there is an asterisk. Um, I don't believe there you is. You don't understand but, what it means. <laughs> I know. But this year, I am... Even the year that I ran Philly and and didn't make it uh, mm-hmm. on that windy day, and then we had to do the, uh, the the breaking three marathon. Yeah, this is the least confident I have been in my fitness and my ability to well, actually execute. You need execute. to turn that frown upside down, <laughs> Mister. So I'm excited to go uh-huh. out there and give it a shot. Yeah, because I truly am not sure whether it's going to be able to happen or not. What's uh-huh. your strategy? So my strategy is to start in 650 and run as many 650s as I can. And just stay at that pace. And if I can kick it in in 648 at the end, that gets me a little bit under three and try to run 259. Do you have a um, an entourage? I don't. I'm going with New Balance. Uh-huh. Uh, so really excited that I'll be with the New Balance crew. So, But there isn't an entourage like Ariel had. There won't be anybody uh, <laughs> on alongside a bike me on a with bike a with a GoPro or anything like I that. I kind of think it would be great if we could uh, get a live feed of, of your efforts. Yeah. Like I know everybody can watch the dot moving on the tracker, but it would be even <laughs> right. better if we could get like – uh, the, yeah, the, have his the phone running with commentary. Him. Actual feedback. Yeah, as you'll I have your phone. You yeah. could probably pull up the uh, Instagram See, live. The, the thing is, is I. That's going to take I've, energy. I've done that exactly. I've done that stuff in the past. There'll be no bits. I need yeah. to go from point A to point B as fast as possible. Yeah, because I. Uh, this I want to make this thing happen. Your marathon experience is 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 getting to be a little bit more similar to my marathon experience <laughs> now. Yeah. It is, yeah, which is... I didn't run with a phone, and Farley and I ran New York City together. Mm -hmm. Farley ran 30 miles. I ran (laughs) 26.2. Farley ran, uh, like, from every stage to stage, giving people high five, interviewing people until his phone died. Uh, It was like running with a golden retriever. (laughs) Yeah. But I I can tell you, uh, we'll talk after the show, I can tell you the straightest distance, like how to cut all the tangents. I'm going to need to know that. That was my strategy. Well, New York is an inspiring uh, event. I'll be um, there with New Balance, and 
You can follow me again. You probably already missed it, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll be on the uh, Run Pacers Instagram account, uh, providing a number before of, and after the race, uh, con- uh, providing content along the way. So um, here's a suggestion: if if you start falling off pace. Just take a break, stop your watch, go to a local watering <laughs> hole, drink a beer, and then when you feel rested and, and ready to go, just go back on the course and start that watch again. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, uh, go back a couple uh, hundred episodes, and we we spent shows and shows talking about that. Yeah, in the first hundred, that was a yeah, big topic. We was. don't touch on, on yeah, the asterisk that anymore. much anymore. Yeah. yeah. So good luck to uh, everybody who ran New York or who was running New York, who ran New York, space mm-hmm. time, continuum, oh all that stuff. Um, I'm excited about it. New York is a Marine Corps in New York, two of my favorite marathons, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right. So we've had Derek Murphy on the program before, mm-hmm. and he's of MarathonInvestigation.com, and he, he tells stories on his website of people basically cheating in marathons. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number of ways they do it. They they use other people's bibs. They uh, photocopy bibs. They uh, cut the know, course. Cut the course. Do a number of things. And yeah. so he's he's do been. Do you think in the he's going to investigate the uh, Georgetown women's track and field team? <laughs> is that is that going to be a hot topic if, now? If they claim to be finishers, <laughs> finishers, he would. Yeah, uh, and he'd bust them. So you to let your girls know. But just a just a side note. We last time we talked about him, uh, he was unsure if he was going to continue. Correct. So, so this seems to be like a, a story within the story is yep. that that his his uh, investigations are still ongoing. Still ongoing. He decided to continue on with the site. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he busted a, a runner in the LA marathon, uh, a few months ago. And the guy ultimately killed himself because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who, who knows, but, uh, it was a really tough time for, for everybody involved, um, including Derek with marathon investigation, but he does, he is continuing on with his work, um, and trying to, you know, keep it as fair and clean as possible out there with the the results of of just your middle of the pack everyday runners or fast runners, everybody. Mm-hmm. So there was a story from the Chicago Marathon that came out on WGN TV. That's uh, where I used to watch Cubs, Cubs games at a, as a kid. Yes, yeah. It was uh, a guy Harry named Carey. J.P. Lapere. Oh. Uh, he was a runner who was on his way to the Chicago Marathon start. There was somebody on the metro or the subway, whatever it is. What's it called in Chicago? Do we know what the name of the um, the metro train? The L? The L, the T? No, yeah. it's the L. Is it the L? Okay. So the, this uh, J.P. LaPere was on his way to the, to the race when somebody came on with a knife and started trying to mug or steal from, from runners or people on this train. Mm-hmm. So this guy... JP LaPere, he he like subdues the guy. He's the hero. Um, he's all over the news, and he is uh, applauded for this uh, mm-hmm. for this good deed, uh, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy was running in a bib from the 2016 Chicago Marathon, so he was a bandit. Uh-huh. Who did this good deed? Right. So uh, he, you know, he's all in the news, and you see his race number. You see that it was from from 2016. It wasn't even his bib. Uh-huh. Um, and we will tweet out the story at uh, at Pace the Nation to, to maybe to show you what <laughs> we we're make a lot of empty here. social <laughs> yeah. media promises. So JP Lapere uh, is on the news. 
he's talking about how great it was and this, uh-huh. this and it was great. And yeah. anyway, so uh, all Murphy did was say, hey, listen, this guy was banditing the race and the uh, the the race number from 2016 wasn't even his bib. And, it, and that wasn't even his bib. So it was somebody else's bib in, in this 2000, uh, 2019 race. So all he did was call him out, and this guy, JP, attacks him. Goes off on, on him, and there's this back and forth, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Derek Murphy sort of uh, shows this on, on, on his website. And he says, you know, for the record, I'm going to quote here, for the record, idiot, I saves runners' lives as well as innocent people. I look forward to when we meet. Do you, uh, your kids know that you are a jerk? Well, if I could just jump I in mean, for, for the your, your, your police, uh, <laughs> he did use your wrong. Right. right. He so, used it so, possessive when it was supposed to represent the contraction. I mean, the guy are. is, you know, I just thought it was an interesting story. The mm-hmm. guy goes off. One good deed turns another. So it's not, I mean, I think that he was conflating two different issues here. Exactly. Just, right? just because you saved everybody's right. life does Doesn't not mean, mean that you're allowed to ban it a race. Right, right. Yeah. And that's all Murphy was saying. Yeah. And Murphy just continues to get attacked. Yeah. Um, the People just get so upset, and I thought it was a fair point. All he did was point out the guy was banning in a race, which he shouldn't have been doing. Which, which yeah, you can't do that. So and, and and there's we we had uh, Lisa Reeves on and she she gave a bunch of the reasons why you can't do that right uh, safety being the number one yep so anyways yeah safety which this guy is promoting uh, yeah yeah so I thought that was an interesting st- story from the Chicago Marathon and also he didn't actually respond to it right he just no. was falling on the fact that he had saved Save. these people's Correct. lives it was a of lot actually of- saying. You know, whatever his excuse was for having that on, he wasn't even going to address it. His good deeds to me, like, I mean, it doesn't erase the good deeds, but it sort of made them two, a little emptier. Two different things. Yeah, they're two, 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 different, two different things. Different things. Uh, yeah. It's definite, definite whataboutism. Like, people do that all the time right now. Like, what, what when, you, when you ask a, a specific question about something here, uh, they deflect and they just talk about something else, a, a, right. a different topic. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, when when James eats cookies and and before dinner and then and then you say James did you eat did you eat dinner did you eat cookies before dinner and he's like well what about Mary down the street she's allowed to have cookies before dinner <laughs> well that's too close I think that's a bad example right. but no, kids that's a good example kids, kids do it all the time where they say Mary like down the street that I know yeah. but here's yeah. a good example yeah. when I um, ask Chris to clean the kitchen and he says <laughs> yeah but I did it yesterday <laughs> that's about what aboutism I like what aboutism that's a new well I think I think I think we're missing it I think it's it's more like uh, <laughs> she just wanted that shot I think it's me. like <laughs> like uh, if if you ask Chris to uh, clean the kitchen, and then he says, "Well, what about Doc's? He never gets in trouble for cleaning things, <laughs> yes. and, and 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 he cleans a lot things. less than I do." Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to mention that story, uh, crazy story that Derek Murphy always finds himself in different crazy stories. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area—I'm sorry, six area DC locations. Mm-hmm. We got five stores and a pop-up store, and on H Street. Six and area five plus one equals six. Six area DC locations. Pacers running is for every run. Uh, if you just finished the Marine Corps Marathon, you can go to runpacers.com back backslash shop or shop.runpacers.com. 
uh, either of those sites, just go to our webpage and you'll be able to find Marine Corps Marathon official gear. We are selling it right now online, shop.runpacers.com. If you finish the race, we got finishers gear, we got jackets, we are in stock. We're basically the only place you can get them. So find us, shop.runpacers.com. Also, uh, give us a five-star review. We're going to start talking about this. Give us a five-star review. Yeah. You know, iTunes. I feel like everybody listens to us on iTunes. Because you're so Apple-centric. Well, that's me. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, give us a – or if you go to SoundCloud, whatever it is – Give us a five-star review. We're, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. And I'm mm-hmm. not too proud to, uh, to, to solicit five-star feedback. Well, the thing is, we were, we were reading some of the reviews today, and uh, they were very entertaining. So we just thought, let's, let's read one every week. Yep. All right. And let's do that. I think it's a great, great – uh, so mm-hmm. from – September 6th, we got a a review from KTTX470. Thoughtful and funny. I I, I agree. Uh, Which one is you and which one's me? Great for runners in the DMV and beyond who want to hear thoughtful conversations about running and wider fitness communities. Uh, The hosts have a great chemistry and obviously do not mind one uh, another's company. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that review. (laughs) Five-star review on (laughs) iTunes. Um, All right. So wanted to quickly talk about the Nats. Um, okay. Don't we, hit the table. We are, we earlier did uh, talk a little bit about the Nats and how disappointing uh, they've been in three game, uh, uh, the last three games. Okay, I'm going to give you guys the sports recap for yep. those people who don't follow baseball yep. or who aren't from the Washington, D.C. area. The hometown Washington Nationals baseball team was in a best of seven with the Astros of Houston. Mm-hmm. And they, the hometown Nationals won the first two matches in Houston and came home with a two-game two lead and dropped all three games at, in the homestand. I mean, I was riding sky high, mm-hmm. super confident. And, and, they, and they beat the two best players on Houston. I mean, correct. Houston's two best pitchers, they beat them. It really looked like like the Nationals yeah. were going to win. We're going to win the World Series, and, and we were going to get a parade. And now I had actually cleared my my day today. I co- I was available to podcast because I cleared my day today to <laughs> attend a parade. And now it looks like uh, it, it's a it's a big hill to climb. Because my the tables to, have turned. Where they're going to have to win the two games but, in Houston. But do you think? I mean, I I it doesn't look great for for the Nationals right now, mm-hmm. but. Scherzer being scratched might be a blessing in disguise because now the Nationals get to have their two best pitchers and Garrett's out. Well, if uh, yeah, you consider if you're saying that uh Scherzer's going to pitch, he'll be ready on Wednesday. Okay, I hope yeah. he's, I hope he is ready. Um so Julie and I went to the game on Friday night. Uh we rarely get to go on, you know, dates together mm-hmm. or to do things without our kids. Uh, we'd set up, my mom helped out. We had our kids go to our nanny, spend mm-hmm. the night with the nanny. This was a big deal. Our dog was not even, uh, mm-hmm. so we didn't have to get back to the dog. But if, you're, if your kids went to spend the night with a nanny, what did your mom do? My mom helped out for a little bit of the day because oh. these things are almost all-day affairs. When you go to these World okay. Series games. I guess so. So, <laughs> so Never been to we, a World Series we, game. We go to the game uh, early, get there early, have a good time. And then the game starts, and just everything goes 
the wrong way. Did you guys go? Fr- I thought you guys went Sunday. Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah, you said Friday. Friday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And everything goes the wrong way, and the Nats are really never in it. There's really not a lot to cheer for. And I, I'm sorry. It was a miserable – it was a miserable date. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty miserable. I mean, we, we, we put all – Well, that all, wasn't very fair of the team. They should have been more thoughtful. They Seriously. really should have been it more really considerate re- of the mm-hmm. sacrifices that we made to get there mm-hmm. yeah. to support them. I know. It's really I heard upsetting. they just don't care. Upsetting. So I have an interesting statistic that I heard on air today, and maybe you guys know this, Chris, mm-hmm. maybe you know this as a super fan, but mm-hmm. in 1924, oh, I knew this. the Washington Senators um, were the world champions, and mm-hmm. they were down 3-2, to two, and they went 1-0 and oh, and 1-0. and oh. That means they, they won... The game won nothing. So they, they one and zero sounds like it's and a they record. were they were up by two, and then uh, they were playing the New York Giants mm-hmm. was the um, actual baseball team then. Okay, and uh, they forced the game seven and ended up winning one nothing. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, Did you know so they it's used possible? To, okay, it, it might I even like, be tradition. I, we are I, so hopeful <laughs> right now. We might even all right make it happen. Okay, all right, and and you'll know by the time this podcast is out. I know this is such old news. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and I you'll know. be laughing at us. <laughs> yeah, we're being so hopeful yeah. when we got our clocks yeah. clean. The, yeah. the only thing that we could do right now is look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. Or we could look like a ge- she could look like a genius no. if they win one there's, nothing, one no, nothing. Probably not. <laughs> there's no there's no upside to to uh, talking about a sporting event this much in advance when the listeners are gonna know the result right, afterwards. Right. Well, I uh, just wanted to, to to make that comment and let people know how um, disappointed I was that our date was ruined. That's all. Okay. And uh, and how hopeful are you guys on the World Series? Give me a percent. Five percent. Whoa. You're yeah. really out on the yeah. Nationals. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you cannot go to the parade when they win. <laughs> Julie, uh, what percentage are you? I'm going to go with 33.3. All right. So, she, she, and she's actually been, she's been in, like mm-hmm. watching and, yeah, in and, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Docs, where are you at? Uh, you were confident earlier. I liked your text earlier. Oh, after they won game two, I said it's a foregone conclusion yeah. that they're going to win the World Series. Yep. Uh, I'm shocked that they dropped all three games at home. I I, I think Julie, I, I like Julie's odds. I'll just go, I'll just tie her. I'll, I'll go 33.3%. All right. Uh, Docs, you had one other story before we get out of here. And you saved it for the very end That's of the show. It. That's it. Yep. Yeah, this is like a this is an old story by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time we got to this, but um, it's funny because you you had asked me you you tried to get this story out of me uh, when I was talking about <laughs> my right. my rodent infested right. car that yeah. th- there were no rodents there. Don't worry, Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the when I, I I decided to run home from the dealership uh, after I dropped the car off, and I needed to go for a ten mile run, and so I was like trying to calculate the run while I'm running about mm-hmm. where I need to turn around. And I was I, I decided to do the loop that goes uh, down by the, the, the Potomac River and the airport and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And at some point on the run, I just said, you know what? Instead of doing an out and back where I can calculate an exact 10 miles, I'm pretty sure that if I just keep going on the loop and then cut this way, it's going to be a 10-mile run. Uh, and then 
when my watch said 10 miles, I was four miles away from my house. <laughs> I think a lot of us <laughs> have was done that. so far away from my house. A lot of us have done that. And fortunately, there's a number of uh, ride-sharing options now, but you don't run with I don't run phone, with my phone, right? yeah. So that's that's the unfortunate. So you, was it a 14-mile run? It or was you hitchhike? It, I mean, it was a, a it run was, walk at the end. Yeah, exactly. It was it like I was done. I was kind of yeah, done at done. nine miles. Right. At, at nine miles, I was very worried because I was like, ten miles is 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 all I can handle today. So, uh, yeah, it was. It ended up being a a, a a nice solid ten mile run, and then and then a different activity uh, afterwards. Well, I think our our listeners can relate. I'm sure that's happened to all of us <laughs> at one point. Runner hashtag runners problems. That's why you run with your phone. I'm I still I'm still happy You're I didn't purist. run with my phone. All right, great show, guys. Good Ep- luck this weekend. Episode two thirteen in the books. Thank you, uh, Chris. I was also going to say good luck this weekend. She, the, they're obviously referring to the New York City Marathon, mm-hmm. which already happened. Which already happened. So, so uh, we will know yeah, if the streak is alive yeah. or the streak is dead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or man. if we're Jeez. going back to Haynes <laughs> Point. You <laughs> no. say that. No you Haynes say point. that. There'll be no Haynes Point. Jeez, I don't really think that this is like a healthy way to go into a race. Chris, no. I believe in you. All right, thank I you. I believe you in you too. You can you. Do I really it. do. All right, we'll, we'll end it there. That's Julie Cully. Uh, for William E. Docs, really big thanks to Ariel Legayas for joining us today on the program. He ran the St. Ignatius Way, 406 miles. Check out his short film uh, that came out this week, runpacers.com. Get all the details. All right. For uh, episode 213 in the books, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space the Nation. We will see you next week. I'm not really sure what to do in the event that we lose the World Series and the streak dies in the same week. Jesus, (laughs) you're brutal. We may need to move the kids out to the country and just leave you here in the heart of the universe. (laughs) Don't come back, Farley. If if you don't break three hours in the marathon, just take a week in New York. Don't come back. Don't get your train back. (laughs) Yeah, just miss it on purpose. Yeah, I got a Sunday train that I might not... I'll hold down the fort. Yeah, uh, it's in your best interest for him to like not come back, right? For a little while, yeah. Yeah, Farley, yeah. you know, like on a, in a dictionary, when you look a word up and then they show you how to phonetically spell, like pronounce it, they have the pronunciations on that. <laughs> yeah, it used to annoy me when I was like in elementary school, and like you'd you'd ask how do you pronounce that word, and the teacher would say to look it up, and I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> what all these like little symbols and like fake it's letters are <laughs> no i but i mean i was just looking at your shorthand here which is which is how you phonetically pronounce it 
Uh, and I, I bet you if you ask five people to pronounce that, they would have, it would, not, it would, it would go different ways idiots. because yeah. you're not using the proper lexicon uh, right. shorthand. Right. But I don't know how to read the proper lexicon shorthand. This is the Farley lexicon yeah. shorthand. Yeah. The important thing is that it, it's like it, was, the, it was the right pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's yeah. funny. It though, worked. All right. Speaking of marathons, mm-hmm. uh, I always like to share the Derek Murphy stories. Uh, yeah. All of them? At the same time? Even the ones that make you angry? I don't know who Derek Murphy is. Marathon investigator. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. 